What's going on, folks? This is Steve Perry, the Newman Campus Minister for Case, CIA, and CIM. And you have just tuned in to Case Catholic Radio. It has been some time since we've last been together, and really, I've missed y'all. I'm glad to be back with you, and I'm excited about what we've got to talk about today. So, since we talked about the Reformation like two or so weeks ago, there's been something, two things really, that I've wanted to talk about on the pod. So, we're going to cover them today. On today's past podcast, we're going to be talking about two big events in the history of the relations of the Catholic and the Lutheran churches. One event that happened about 80 years ago, and one that has happened just in the last two years. I hope that y'all are excited to hear about this, because I'm really excited to talk about it. Anyway, here we go. Alright, so this first story is a bit of a triumphalist story, but it's also really just a cool story about how abundantly the Holy Spirit works in the church. As we said, I think in episode 6, when the Reformation was just getting started, Luther had a lot of problems with the church. One of the problems was that he believed we were saved by faith alone. Another one, if I remember right, was our belief in purgatory, and there was plenty more beyond that. Well, in order to defend the church, Many of the individuals that Luther was arguing against would simply respond to Luther with passages from the Old and New Testaments that would challenge these claims of his. Luther's response to many of these challenges was to claim in turn that the books that they were referring to didn't belong in the Bible. This has since been characterized as Luther being as audacious enough to make up his own Bible, but to be fair to him, it's far from being that simple. You see, Luther was picking up on questions that had already arisen beforehand about many of these particular books. Not all of them, but many of them. Questions that arose from the fact that we didn't have any historical copies of these books in the Old Testament that were written in Hebrew. The earliest language that they were written in was Greek. Why is this a concern? Well, the answer is because if these books were never written in Hebrew, that means that ancient Jews probably never used them in worship. And if they weren't used by, in worship by the Jews, can they really be a part of a Christian religious heritage? Despite this challenge, the church stuck to what it had always said about these books, that they were divinely inspired works that were given to us by the Holy Spirit as a part of Scripture. In this, the church really showed a great trust that the Holy Spirit would not have allowed these books to be used in our worship if they were not genuinely the Word of God to us. While a lot of evidence seemed to be pointing to the contrary, the church held its trust in her sacred tradition to pass down only the authentic revealed Word of God. This whole story all went down in the early 1500s. For 400 years, for those Catholics who were educated enough in Christian history to know about this whole situation, this had to have been a challenge. To know that in our Bible, there are books that history might be telling us maybe don't belong. I say 400 years because in the mid-1900s, the 1940s to be more specific, 
There was an archaeological excavation of a cave system in the Middle East. And what they discovered in this excavation was of remarkable significance for historians, for linguists, and especially for Christians and Jews. In this cave system, which they quickly discovered was inhabited by a community of Jewish people known as Qumran before the birth of Christ, they found fragments of nearly a thousand different manuscripts. Included among these thousand manuscripts was several of the books that Luther and the church debated about. Several of the books that they were trying to decide genuinely were part of the Bible or not. And they found these works written in Hebrew by our Jewish fathers in faith. Well, fathers and mothers in faith. So it turns out that our church's trust in the guidance of the Holy Spirit was well-founded. So that was a really cool story in the history of the Catholic Church. But much more recently, there has been extremely exciting developments for both the Catholic and the Lutheran churches. And that's what we're going to finish off this podcast talking about. In the last two years, ecumenical, which means interdenominational conversations that have been going on between these two churches, Catholic and Lutheran, for decades have taken a great leap forward. In 2015, the United States bishops released a statement alongside the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America entitled Declaration on the Way. And the way means the way toward becoming one church again. This declaration detailed 32 points which have long been considered dividing points between Catholics and Lutherans on which we have achieved consensus. Elizabeth Eaton, the presiding bishop of the ELCA, said this about the declaration. 500 years ago, wars were fought over the very issues about which Lutherans and Roman Catholics have now achieved consensus. Church, ministry, and Eucharist have been areas of disagreement and even separation between our two churches. And we still have work to do, both theologically and pastorally, as we examine the questions. This declaration is so exciting because it shows us 32 important points where already we can say that there are not church dividing issues between us. And it gives us both hope and direction for the future. This declaration was a groundbreaking and fantastic development spearheaded by the churches in America. And just the following year, this was officially declared as one of the goals of these two church bodies in the whole world. Pope Francis and the leader of the Lutheran World Federation issued and signed a statement which stated unequivocally that we are aiming toward full communion, that we are aiming toward being one church again. In the midst of a divided world, especially at the center of a divided American culture, for me, it is really beautiful to see the fruits of decades of dialogue between the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church, leading to the leaders of both saying, we can come together as one body again and proclaim with confidence that it is our goal to do so. Yes, as Elizabeth Eaton said, there are still matters on which we are divided. But those of us who keep up with these things, of which I'm kind of on the fringes, we see these walls coming down year by year.
This excites me so much because I feel that we can be very confident that these churches, which at the end of this month will have been divided for 500 years, will within our lifetime be one church again. Well, I feel like this is a great note to end on today. And we've got an announcement as well. The Newman Campus Minister at Ashton University has organized an ecumenical prayer service for Christian unity in commemoration of the Reformation, which, as I said, will have its 500-year anniversary at the end of October. This prayer service will be October 16th at 7 p.m., that's a Monday, in Ashland's Jack and Deb Miller Chapel. If you want to participate in this prayer service, send me an email at steve.perry at case.edu or give me a call at my office. Whether or not you'll be physically there, I encourage you to set your calendars to join us in prayer at that time from wherever you are. Anyway, that's all that we've got for you guys today. I hope that you have an excellent rest of your day and I'm looking forward to catching y'all at Newman Night this week or at Theology on Tap tomorrow. Until next time, y'all. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Peace!